So there's this violent thunderstorm. And this mom is tucking her young son into bed. And as she's about to leave, all of a sudden in a very shaky voice, he says, Mommy, would you sleep in my room with me here tonight? Well, the mom gives him a big smile and goes over and hugs him and says, I can't, dear. I have to sleep in daddy's room. And there's a long pause and all of a sudden the little voice says, the big wimp. We're in the midst of this series right now called All in the Family. And of course, it's Mother's Day today as well. And so big shout out to the moms out there. Hello, mom and hi, mom. And in this series, we want to look at some real practical elements of living during the time we're living through right now. Reggie Joyner has said, two healthy influences combined make a greater impact than two individual influences. And he's speaking about the idea, and we're going to speak about the idea that primarily in Scripture, the raising of children is put in the hands of parents or a parent. But also the idea there is there that in the church and we as adults are to help partner and to be of assistance to those parents who carry that primary role. And so in this series, in our second installment in this series, we want to ask the question, children, should we? Children, should we? And you know, when you look at a well-functioning family, it's really a beautiful thing to behold. Uh, Spouses that are treating each other with respect, with honor, with with tenderness and and even playfulness. We see parents that are nurturing and and mentoring their children and inviting them to make that very personal decision themselves to receive Jesus as Savior and Lord and to, to begin a life and launch a life that goes for a lifetime of faithfully following Christ and having a life that uh, is reflective of that, of fathers who do what God has uniquely wired up dads to do, of mothers who just do amazing stuff in carrying out their calling in the family, things that only a mom can do. But of course, the reverse is also true. And when you see some families, it's not a pretty sight at all. And during COVID, we know the statistics are telling us that relationships and marriages and families are struggling at unprecedented levels. And so during this time, we just want to ask practically this question, what will our legacy be to those that come after us as we begin to emerge from this some point in the future? We're also, of course, speaking to grandparents who play an important role here, to friends of the family, to all the other aunts and uncles and nephews and nieces and adults that play a role in all of this. And of course, how does God centrally fit into this situation? He wants to be at the heart of the family. And so I'm posing this question and and I'm saying it, bearing in mind that every adult has an impact in this situation. On what basis should a married couple make the decision to try and start a family or 
even add to that family. And of course, I understand clearly that if you wait for perfect conditions in life, you'll never do anything in life. But are there some things to be deliberately investing in as you head down that path, having kids or maybe having more kids or things of that nature? And so I want to invite some biblical input in terms of help making those decisions. But before I read some scriptures to you, I recognize clearly that there's a number of people that for a variety of reasons, uh, children are not directly part of their life. In other words, they don't have offspring of their own. And I'm gonna try to be very respectful of that and very sensitive about that. And I absolutely believe that it's true that a person um, can fully have a God-intended life, a purpose-filled life, a joy-filled life, intended as God wants it to be without children, if that's not a choice that God makes on your behalf. And now I want to read to you, having said that, I want to read to you a selection of verses, just a number of verses throughout Scripture that show us that children are a blessing from God. And I know that for some people, that's not a belief that you automatically jump to. So let me read some verses that show us that children are a blessing, but also with that blessing comes significant responsibility. So reading from Genesis chapter 28, it says, May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of people. Genesis chapter 33 verse 5 says, Who are these with you? They are the children God has graciously given your servant. And then in Genesis chapter 48, it says, Who are these? These are the sons God has given me here, Joseph said to his father. In other words, to grandpa. Then Israel, who was grandpa. Then Israel said, Bring them to me so that I may bless them. Grandpa, how are you blessing your grandchildren? Psalm 127 says, Sons are a heritage from the Lord, children a reward from him. Blessed is the person whose quiver is full of them. Then jumping to the New Testament, speaking about Jesus, it says in Matthew 19, Then little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. See, Jesus had had a very long day. He was tired. He'd been very busy and he was exhausted. And the disciples thought he was too busy, and so they were shooing the kids away. And Jesus said, no way, man. Kids are important in the economy of God. Let them come to me. So it says, Jesus said, let the children, the little children, come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. You know, adults, when's the last time you let a child teach you something about what it's like to have a relationship with God. They have a lot to teach us. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 says, Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn away from it. 
And then our text last week, which was our sort of foundational text for this series. Let me read a couple of verses from it. And you'll recall in Deuteronomy 6, Moses has been their leader for 40 years. He's about to hand over the reins of leadership. And they're going to go into the promised land. And he says, let me remind you of some key mission critical things. He says, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. A very personal thing. Then he talks multi-generationally and he says, impress them on your children. Talk with them when you sit at home or when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Make relationship with God a natural everyday rhythm in life. And so two big ideas, those verses were saying, that children are a great blessing from God, but they're also, secondly, a formidable responsibility to train them up right. And so, of course, trying to have a family or adding to your family is something that needs to be deeply bathed in prayer, but also in preparation. So let me suggest some questions that would-be parents could ask or perhaps should ask. First of all, is the marriage relationship solid enough to withstand the pressure that children will add? Now, what I, I'm not saying don't have kids. I'm not saying something like that. But there's a lot that goes into raising solid children. And of course, it all begins with my own personal relationship with Jesus and with God. But then also the relationship between mom and dad. And that's why the Bible puts so much emphasis on the marriage relationship. Husbands and wives who love and are willing to receive love. Who serve and are willing to be served. Who celebrate and are willing to be celebrated. Who cultivate respect and honor for one another. Who cultivate a place of security for their spouse. And children are watching. Watching, I think, closer than we begin to recognize. Watching how mom and dad relate to one another. Learning how life is supposed to work. How trust is earned in a relationship. How intimacy is achieved. How feelings are to be communicated. How differences are to be negotiated. How conflict is to be resolved. That conflict is not just a negative thing. It can be a very positive thing when it's done in a healthy way. They watch mom and dad to see what a legit relationship with Jesus should look like. I remind you, they are watching us closely. And so grandpa and grandma, you have a responsibility friend of the family, you have a responsibility. Aunt and uncle, you have a responsibility. We need to have this multi-generational outlook to how we do life. And we saw that last week in Deuteronomy chapter 6, where as I said, God speaks to the whole nation and to the congregation and to the individual families. And he says, let's pass this relationship with God onto the next generation and make it a natural part of their life. Now, what I don't want you to hear me saying in all this, so I'm not saying this 
I'm not saying that it's impossible to raise healthy kids outside of that kind of environment. And so if you are a single parent or you are married to a spouse who's an empty shell and is just lazy and lets you do all the work and is is really a negative influence, or if you're married to someone who might be a really fine person but are not a biblical believer and don't have a relationship with Jesus and so the things of Jesus are not a priority for them, And so you're really having to do that stuff entirely on your own. If any of those things are the case, it is still possible to raise great kids that love Jesus. And I commend people in those circumstances. They often have to work harder and sacrifice more than we could ever imagine. And so I say to those of us in the church, who see that single mom or that person that's married to someone who is not part of the family of God and and is not cultivating relationship with Jesus with their kids or that is married to someone that is just an empty shell and is not a positive contributor. Let's, Let's help those people. Let's pray for those people. Let's bless those people in our church. Let's listen to the whispers of the Holy Spirit. And take the initiative and and be there for that single mom or those parents that need help. And and the reality is you'll never get introduced as mom and dad in that relationship, nor should you. But we have the ability and the opportunity to bless those children, to help those parents, to raise kids that love Jesus and have a life as God intended. Having said all that, marriage as God biblically defines it, as God biblically intends it, is ideally between one man and one woman in a monogamous, heterosexual, covenant relationship. One man, one woman in marriage together, covenanted together. And this is the atmosphere biblically that is most conducive to all of this stuff happening in. So it's not that it's impossible in the other situations, but biblically it's most conducive in that relationship. And of course, the opposite is equally true. If mom and dad are at each other's throats, kids uh, more often experience fear in those situations, anxiety, and higher levels of insecurity and spiritual confusion when they're in that kind of home environment and as I said earlier we know that right now during COVID this is happening in record amounts these are the kinds of moments to step back and say what are my kids seeing in me and some of us have more time for this right now some of us don't but some of us do what are my kids seeing in me And if you are cultivating some of those really negative things, stop being selfish. Give yourself up for your spouse. Sacrifice for your kids. Be an Ephesians 5 kind of couple. Next question, have have both partners processed their personal woundedness to the point where it will not adversely affect their children? Sometimes I come across people who think that having, having children is the answer to their struggling marital relationship. 
I don't think there's any truth to that. Having a child is not the answer to your own personal, relational, or individual problems. Now, I'm not saying that all is lost, but in my experience, because of some of the the moral and the spiritual and the relational issues we've been grappling with in the last 20 or 30 years, you're seeing increasing numbers of people who are coming into adulthood with some very deep wounds. And as they enter marriage, as they think about having kids, um, there's some pain and some anger and some wounds that surface in that environment. And so God is saying in his word, listen, go to God. Admit that you've been hurt. Admit that you've been in pain. Ask God for help in healing. And say, I am, I'm going to take some time with God's help to deal with the brokenness that I've had in my life before I have kids or before I have more kids because I want them to see something different in me. And if you need to, have the courage, have the humility, have the wisdom to go and speak with a godly counselor about how healing and how God can provide healing in your life. You know, the Bible says, and I'm paraphrasing it a bit here, but in in Proverbs chapter 20, it says, when righteous people walk in integrity, their children are blessed. When righteous people walk in integrity... Their children are blessed. So that means I'll have the courage, I'll have the honesty to say to God, I have some unresolved junk in me. And God, I need your help to forgive that person that hurt me and wounded me deeply. And I've been holding on to that. And there's maybe some bitterness in my life from that. And that's transferring itself into my relationship with my spouse or my kids. And I don't want to go there. It wasn't their fault. And so, Lord, would you help me forgive that person? Or, Lord, would you forgive me for the things that I have done? Or whatever the case may be, would you process in me, Lord, to a place of health? And then maybe one day, your kids will say something like this to you. I was blessed to grow up in our home. I was blessed to have you as a mom and dad. Thank you that I got to see what it was like for a mom and dad who loved each other. And I know you weren't perfect, mom and dad. I know that you made your mistakes. We all do. But thank you that I saw how grace works in a family, how to handle anger constructively. Thank you for that. Thank you that I saw your appreciation and your support of the church. And most importantly, thank you that I saw in you a healthy, growing relationship with Christ, that Christianity really works. And friends, those kinds of approaches are the ways in which generational sin and problems are broken. And when we don't deal with these things and we just try to set them aside, we tend to pass these things on to the next generation. God doesn't want that. One of God's main missions is to cozy up to, is to get next to broken people and start putting the pieces back together. Next question. 
Are you both willing to pay the price that raising children requires? So someone says, well, Scott, how can I know the price until I have kids? Well, you can't fully appreciate it, but let me paint a little bit of a picture for you. And again, let me just emphasize, Scripture says having children is a great blessing. I wouldn't trade the years I've had with my kids for anything. And so I'm working from the premise that having children, having kids, is a very good gift from God. But as you prepare to do it or prepare to have more kids, ask yourself the question, am I prepared to make the substantial investments and substantial sacrifices that come with raising kids? I'm going to press kind of hard here right now for a couple minutes, okay? In Stanford, Stanford University recently, they did a study on the effects of children growing up in homes with busy two-parent, two-career parents. Not pretty results. One little girl was cited in the study who became deeply anxious over who she was going to be assigned to that day in childcare. Is it going to be the nanny? Is it going to be the daycare worker? Or someone else they frequently used? And she was so upset that she said to her counselor, it feels like there's just a hole in my heart. And friends, this is not God's way. Jesus at one point says to us, count the cost. And we usually express that in terms like do the math. So let's do some math on this issue. If you're thinking about starting a family or having more kids, some of the things that will probably be necessary is to ask questions and answer questions like this and make adjustments. Who is going to quit or cut back or modify their work schedule? You, your spouse, or both? Who is going to seriously modify their career track? You, your spouse, or both? Who is going to rearrange their social calendar, their TV or internet habits, their educational aspirations, their recreational pursuits, their ministry involvements? You, your spouse, or both. When Debbie and I had kids, we had to make a number of choices about how we would do life and how we would do ministry going forward. We had to say, um, kids are wonderful, but it's going to mean some sacrifice. So what kinds of sacrifices are we going to undertake? I've shared this story with some of you before, but let me share it again. When I was in, first in Calgary, which was the church I served in and that we lived in Calgary before we were in Lethbridge, uh, those first six months in that church, I was busy ramping up to become a workaholic all over again. I'd been a workaholic in my first church. I worked way too much. And then when I was in graduate school, I worked way too much again. And as I came to Calgary for those first number of months, I was working way too much again. And the guy I worked with me after about six months, he'd been watching me and observing what I was doing. And he walked into my office one day, his name is Randy, and he didn't say too much, he just said this. You know, Scott, 20 years from now, most of the people in this church probably won't even remember your name, but you'll always have your family. And then he turned around and he walked out. 
And that was one of two or three statements he made to me over the years that impacted my life. And I changed the way I did life in light of what he said. I modified things, and I still work hard. But, and I still make mistakes in this area. But I try to keep the most important things the most important. How is the financial picture going to look for you going forward? Because kids are expensive. How are you going to downsize or downscale your lifestyle? Children are wonderful, but there's a cost. Are you ready? To be the kind of parents God wants us to be will mean making some or all of those decisions. Do the math. You know, families can be so life-giving. They can return enormous amounts of joy when we do it God's way.